0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
1: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like because when I shot it, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So.
2: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On podcast network. Your team every day.
1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 891 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, February the 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And please... Make sure to find the podcast on all of your favorite podcast providers as well. It is always very appreciated when you leave those ratings, reviews, subscriptions, kind words, tell a friend, all of the stuff we ask you to do all the time. As uh, podcast hosts, everyone does it, so please uh, consider heeding our advice and requests. It's much appreciated when you take the time. All right, on today's show, we are diving into the mailbag. Got some questions about trades and dinosaur lookalikes, and a whole bunch more to dive into with one of our favorite guests here on the podcast. It is Katie Heindel. Katie, how you doing? I'm
3: doing okay.
1: That's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Okay is like the, the, the new great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I got a soup stock going. I'm doing some writing
1: mm-hmm.
3: I can't complain
1: mm-hmm. it's nice to talk to you katie it's been a little while i know you've been uh, kind of a little bit at arm's length with the raptors this season and i haven't wanted to pester you to talk about the team you're angry at all the time with the but, league buddy with the league with yeah the whole oh, damn thing yeah the whole damn thing is a joke i i too have been arm's length or more many arms lengths one og ananobi's arms length away from non-raptors basketball games so I feel you there, Katie, uh, but happy to have you back on the show. I guess before we dive into some questions, let me ask you, the Raptors are good again. They've won four in a row. They're beating good teams. They're pretty fun again. They're doing some good stuff. Uh, are you at all getting uh, sucked back into the Raptors experience now that they are rattling off some victories and back above 500?
3: Um, No, like maybe by necessity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, because of DeAndre Bembry. Hell yeah. Um. And then I'm all, I'm very intrigued when you ever look up like rosters on Google, which I always pull up before we do this. So I can answer questions because sometimes uh-huh. I just glance over guys, you know? But I'm always intrigued uh-huh. by when their pictures change and like how that happens because currently Norman Powell is the only player who has a photo taken Uh, He's in a suit. He must be at some event at TIFF because he's in front of like a TIFF step and repeat wall in the sunshine smiling. Um, And yeah, he looks great, but it's like, who made that the new pick for
1: Norm? Hmm. Like on Google, like on the Google (laughs) image search of the roster?
3: Yeah, yeah. Like when you just look up like blank roster, like Raptors roster, you know? He's got uh, maybe it was
1: Norm. (laughs) Interesting. I mean, yeah, if he got in there and changed the algorithm, he he does look quite. uh... He's sun-soaked. Yeah. It's yeah. nice looking. Yeah. It yeah. is nice. And then, of course, Aaron Baines' photo is him still with a top bun and a Pistons jersey, which is uh, a thing. Katie, uh, have you come around on Aaron Baines at all? I know this has been a topic of conversation all year long. I said that by January 15th, you would like him. Uh, Before January 15th, I detested Aaron Baines. I'm less on the detest feeling side of the spectrum and now more sort of neutral on him. How are you feeling about Aaron Baines, the player who I think maybe more than anybody else is responsible for your uh, souring on the team this year?
3: I never detested the man, uh, but no, I haven't. I guess I'm now, like, purely apathetic. How about that? I'm not, mm-hmm. I just, Fair like, enough. when I think about him, it's kind of like a, ugh, oh, like a, yeah, like a reminder <laughs> like that. Uh, but otherwise, I don't really.
1: Him, uh, him punking Joel Embiid, I think, uh, certainly helped sway me a little bit. It's always good when your center can uh, neutralize Embiid. It's kind of a thing the Raptors like to have on their roster. Uh, all right, Katie, let's dive into some mailbag questions here. Thank you to everyone who sent in the questions. We have lots of very good ones. Let's start with this one from Dylan Littman, our pal from Raptors HQ. He asks, if the Raptors could only play either the Bucks or the Celtics every game for the rest of the year and the goal is to come away with the best possible record, which team do you choose?
3: That's a strange purgatory
1: It is <laughs> I, I don't want to be there It's like uh, It's a season long war With two of the most angry Factions of basketball internet And the Raptors internet Which is also angry uh, <laughs> But who do you choose here Katie mm. If the Raptors are going to win The most games Who would you pick
3: Was the first one the Bucks? I can't believe I just blanked Yeah on. it's the it's the the Bucks and the, the Celtics Celtics Okay mm-hmm. Um at present time, the Bucks.
1: Uh-huh. Explain.
3: I just feel like you got the best chance against a, <laughs> a Bucks team that's, like, devolved in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And is, like, having an inversion season where they seem to be crumbling in the regular season, I guess. And their their logic right now is we're, we're getting ready for the playoffs, which, sure, I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. <laughs>
1: uh yeah that's um i because of recency bias the raptors recently lost to boston and beat the bucks handily twice i feel like the bucks are maybe the answer but i will say the celtics look equally shaky right now and kemba walker looks like a shell of himself which is sad to see but it's uh, it seems like maybe a hill has been passed over by him at this point um and then the Bucks still have Giannis, who is the best player between the two. Drew Holiday, when he's healthy, gives Kyle Lowry a lot of problems and has done so in the past. Mm-hmm. But then you're at the point where, like, Brad Stevens, as much as, you know, he's a loaf of plain white bread he's a pretty good coach he makes adjustments whereas mike budenholzer refuses to make adjustments and i feel like if nick nurse figured him out they would just beat them the same way 50 games in a row and mike budenholzer would say well i don't know our process worked um so yeah i think the bucks is the answer good 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 call katie boy do i not want to see that i mean that's
3: the thing (laughs) like the like as much as i begrudge the man one of my mortal enemies uh, brad stevens is a definitely more creative coach and just more adept at making adjustments so i think even if you went into like a forever Celtics series and you took the first like handful of games uh they'd adjust pretty quickly whereas mike Goldenholzer's defensive scheme is still just literally like pack pack guys in the paint and hope for the best mm-hmm. and now everybody can shoot so that's really falling apart for them <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the Raptors also have guys who can hit mid-range shots again, which is also a thing that the Bucks will gladly uh, concede every time down the floor. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. the Bucks. The Bucks also, I mean, the Celtics when healthy I think have, you know, 5 to 6 pretty good players whereas the Bucks when healthy have exactly 3 good players that I'm scared of. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think it is pretty convincingly the Bucks. Unbelievable. What a fall from grace for uh for Bud. Maybe he should not be the coach of that team anymore. Uh, Katie, we have more questions to dive into coming up in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com who are constantly saving you money on car parts and not fleecing you the way the mechanic at the auto parts shop is probably going to try to do. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything you need from the important stuff like engine control, control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, or the aesthetic stuff like little carpets for your floor to keep it clean. Whether is for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is so easy to navigate. It is so perfectly designed. You just type in your car, the make, model, year, and you quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. They'll have multiple options for you. Most likely, you can pick the cheapest that works for you. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why spend it twice as much as for the exact same car parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box to know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com
2: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama
1: All right, Katie, uh, just a heads up to the listeners. The next episode will come out Wednesday morning. We'll talk about the Tuesday game against the Philadelphia 76ers, which should be fun. Hopefully, talking about a fifth straight win. Let's get to more mailbag questions, Katie. This one here comes from mm, 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 some good ones. Okay, uh, Nick at the main event 2K asks Which current or former Raptor looks most like a Raptor? <laughs> I guess you could take this two ways. You could go Velociraptor or Bird of Prey. Maybe we answer both.
3: Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Um, Chris Boucher. Hmm. Probably Chris Bosch. Yes. Terrence Ross.
1: Explain Terrence Um, Ross to me.
3: See, I knew you were going to take Umbridge just because. No, no. Look,
1: a raptor is a dignified creature to look like. There's no about that he's just
3: a tall he's a tall and lanky man mm-hmm. and that's kind of if you haven't noticed been my qualifier
1: <laughs> for
3: everyone else i've said uh which is funny because i'm sure if you have any paleontologists listening they'll quibble with the fact that uh the lesser were pretty small much smaller yeah. than we understand them to be in the film uh the great film series jurassic park but <laughs> so they weren't i guess tall and gangly they were maybe more like a Fred Van Vliet,
1: mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm.
3: Compact. Compact. Um, I was going to say killers, but <laughs> I don't want to say that about Fred. On the floor. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, who else? I'm i think, trying um, to think historic. On current,
1: yeah, yeah. I think current members of the team, uh, just so I can throw my two cents in. I'd say Norman Powell has some Raptor qualities, you know, a little bit shorter compact. He's got the long arms. The sort of crouching stance on defense I, I kind of imagine a raptor in. I don't think a raptor is really an upright type of animal. It's a little more sort of laying flat uh, parallel to to the earth as it walks along. So I think that kind of makes some sense. Also, the quickness of a Norm Powell, the quickness with which he strikes, he kind of comes from the side like a raptor would. He's always standing in the corner waiting to attack a closeout. Um, you know, it's never the raptor you see in front of you that's going to kill you. It's the ones coming from the side like Norm Powell. Um any other mm. uh, raptor, raptor adjacent players? Uh, like you said, maybe some more historical polls.
3: You know, Pat McCaw kind of looks raptorish <laughs> to me too.
1: Yep, I see it one hundred percent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> Are, is there anyone who's a bird of prey like in Raptors history? yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking yeah by the way none of this is meant as a pejorative or a a shot at any of these people looking like a raptor is cool raptors kick ass Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. both the the dinosaur and the bird big fan of a bird of prey osprey condors
3: i watanabe has the kind of like um bearing of like a very regal yeah like an eagle maybe
1: yeah like a golden eagle or something like that mm-hmm. yeah i think that yeah. definitely works for sure um i mean i think you could think argue stottemire
3: might have been like a little like a little mm. raptor
1: yes but he his name was mighty mouse he was raptor food if we're talking about how the food chain operates um
3: mm. he can't help who gave him his nickname.
1: <laughs> what if he gave it to himself I think he might have totally making that is up yeah
3: not that short let's think about this in generalized <laughs> terms um I'm trying to think, now i'm try, I keep switching animals yeah, yeah. Uh, going from reptiles to
1: birds uh-huh.
3: closely linked in the evolutionary ladder mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs>
2: I don't know who do you have thank for you birds? Sam Neil
1: uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, Lennis Klaza, a little bit bird-like, but like not a more like a mm-hmm. turkey vulture. Yeah, D- you know, not exactly appealing, but definitely a bird sort of uh, bird-looking face. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm trying to think of like point bird guards. Point face. guards seem to be the ones to go here. Yeah, um, maybe like a like a Julian Wright could be seen as like a like a like some sort of andean condor long arms spindly but uh enormous can really catch an updraft i don't know seems like we're losing the plot here uh matt
3: bonner maybe like a red like a red tail hawk or something oh y-
1: yes matt bonner the red tailed hawk feels like a perfect place to leave this uh <laughs> let's uh continue on here to the next mailbag question this one came in from oh it's our pal freddie uh from over at the confederacy of dunks podcast he says oh do you, he has two questions one do you think raptors fans will want to trade kyle larry even if this team becomes a contender before our very eyes um we'll get to this one first before we get to a second question Where are you at on the whole, uh, like, it's very annoying, Katie. The Raptors keep winning games without Kyle Lowry, and the suggestion is, oh, maybe they don't need Kyle Lowry, where actually, to me, it suggests, wow, they're winning games without him. Imagine what they'll be with him, now that they've kind of figured things out. Um, I am staunchly anti-trading Lowry. I think they're a good team. Good teams don't trade. They're arguably the best player to... Uh, you know get future assets when they have a shot to make a good run which the raptors very much do at this point they're fourth in the eastern conference and looking quite excellent uh where are you at katie and do you think raptors fans are gonna fire up the trade machine for kyle lowry as we get closer to the deadline here
3: you also cannot underestimate the fact that while he may be out right now there is probably like an immense amount that larry comes to the everybody with at the end of every game you know what i mean like just because he's watching very closely what's happening and if you remove him not and because this is the thing i think that like the the footsteps fred van vliet has kind of followed in he's learned the hope is he's learned everything he could from larry because now you want him to take that and like just adapt it into his own game and continue to evolve as his own player you know what I mean like you don't necessarily want Lowry now to be in the position where these guys need him around to like teach them because you would hope they would have learned those lessons already but I think one you do need him around as a leader because yeah like if you're talking about a playoff situation I don't I love what they're doing but I don't trust it to be sustainable without Lowry back on the floor Mm-hmm. because we've seen what a difference maker he can be especially in like a slog of a playoff series you know what i mean just like he do- does have he's the closest we'll ever get to a lebron james style game where he just tosses the whole team on his back mm-hmm. so i still want that and i also think if you remove him from the locker room just in terms of someone who watches a game probably watches film probably talks to the guys after uh, has like a- an invested interest in like coachability if you want to look at it like that Mm -hmm. I think you would lose some of that valuable insight of course if he wasn't there anymore so like I'm sure he would still keep in touch with the guys but his interest wouldn't really be it wouldn't be direct anymore because he'd be playing for another team and he'd be looking at improving that team so yeah I think like I don't think there's much merit personally to the argument that they're fine right now without him so that's enough grounds to trade him though I still am kind of in the I don't I'll like clarify by saying I don't want Larry to get traded. I want Larry to stay a Toronto Raptor. But if they're gonna do something like that, I still stand by that they should ask the guy where he wants to go. <laughs> I think, you know, like oh yeah, I I've, I've thought about this more. And as much as like I used to think perhaps Ujiri was. More sentimental. I don't think he is anymore, especially after the DeMar DeRozan trade. But I also think yeah. Kyle Lowry is your last legacy player. So if you're gonna want to treat anybody right on their exit, then it would be him.
1: Totally. I also don't think it is looking as though Kyle Lowry is going to request request a trade somewhere. They're the good team again. He, like, I don't know. I'm assuming has relocated his family to Florida. I don't think relocating your family somewhere else mid season is. Really, a thing that a grizzled old vet like him probably is feeling. Uh, I just, I, I don't really see any merit to it. And also, just we gotta like make this just something that is like the pin tweet of the podcast or something. The Raptors with Kyle Lowry, like the. The whole, all the things that make him attractive as a trade piece to every other team are exactly why they're attractive to the Raptors, too. He is good, and he is on an expiring contract that opens up flexibility either to re-sign him with his bird rights or to use that money on something else if Kyle decides to go to Greener Pastures somewhere else in the offseason. If you trade him away... You are taking back bad money, more likely than not. You're not getting back a big expiring contract. They're not trading Kyle Lowry for Andre Drummond straight up. That is insane and stupid and dumb. Not happening. And all of the teams out there that could use a Kyle Lowry, who might be a Kyle Lowry away from a title, don't have anything good left to trade because they've traded everything they have until 2027, or thereabouts, and only have Marcus Morris' to send you back. And it's just, it's not happening it's not (laughs) I I just I don't see how it's going to come together especially now (laughs) that the Raptors are good again and trending very much in the right direction so uh, let that be the end of Kyle Lowry trade talk on locked on Raptors at least for now Um, another question from our friend Freddie uh, Katie is what took nurse so long to realize that Bembry is cool as hell slash a perfect fit for this squad I'll turn it to you
3: yeah I don't know I mean I think uh, I saw it right away Oh, I'll pat myself on the back for this one. <laughs> uh, he's an energy guy. He's kind of exactly what they needed, especially with how like sluggish and sticky and just like sometimes miserable they looked to start the season. And if you can have a guy like Benrey just like able to inject some life <laughs> into the team whenever he can, whether that's on the floor or off of it, then I think you should take full advantage. And the fact that he's become just such a fearless player on the floor and has shown like a real jump I think in the playing capabilities even I most of like I would say even not so critical people thought he could potentially offer coming from just the way that he was being utilized on the Hawks Um, he's he's sort of come leaps and bounds and he does just leap and bound around the court so I I think Nick Nurse sometimes what I don't like about it is he he falls into grooves with certain players you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and he'll Mm -hmm. it seems like he really Really does not want to like give them up. Pat um, McCaw is a perfect example of it. <laughs> Terrence Davis, right now, is a perfect example of it. Um, and while I understand the desire to like give people the benefit of the doubt, when you have someone like Bambri who's clearly stepped up and has shown, like, you know what, we do, we are next man up mentality team, even if that was not really existing until three weeks ago. You know, like they historically have been, but I'd say that that was certainly lacking this season thus far, um, and has just shown you like he's willing to do whatever you want him to do. You know what I mean? Then I think you, you, he, I think nurse should just be a little bit, you know, less heavy-handed about like tossing guys like that an opportunity because then sometimes sure. it's like, what if he didn't? Like if he hadn't, there's a lot of moments I think where Embry has kind of like turned games around. You know, and they might still not they might just like not be looking at the record, the current win record for sure that they have now.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I, I'm totally with you. I mean, in fairness, he, it has been over half of the season now that Benbury's been a part of the rotation or thereabouts. It shouldn't have taken as long as he did. And I'm surprised it did because he kind of checks every box that you'd think Nick Nurse would like. Dude who's good at defense, dude who is smart, passes, refuses to shoot, like, he, it's kind of a perfect Nick Nurse player. He really does everything that Patrick McCaw, like, does in Nurse's brain, but doesn't actually do in practice. Mm. Like, he is fully formed, next evolution Pokemon Patrick uh, Patrick McCaw, and he's like, great, and I'm glad to see he's fully into the rotation now. I don't see him going anywhere and I think the fact that he can offer extra ball handling and defense at, you know, four positions, basically, and good rebounding from his position and size as well, it all kind of opens up a lot of stuff for the Raptors, especially when they're going small. Like, he can kind of slot it anywhere, whether it's as a starter in an emergency or coming off the bench playing small, whether he wants to play with the big boys and they go to the, the killer bees lineup off the bench, like, it's uh. It's it's very, very nice watching DeAndre Bembry just perfectly glue together any lineup he's in, and it may have taken Nurse a while. I don't think... We're going to see Benbury lose his spot at all. Also, big shout out to our pal, Nikaius Duncan, who uh, called in the offseason that Benbury was a dude a good team should pick up uh, and was the person who got me into the Benbury camp uh, before they signed him. And uh, glad they have uh, signed him. And Nikaius looks smart and good because Nikaius is the smartest person there is. Um, Anyway, let's continue on. we got some more questions to get to on the other side, Katie. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but you've got the NBA, college basketball, and NHL in full swing. March Madness coming up soon. I think they're doing it in a bubble, which should be fun and weird. Uh, You've got MLB coming up as well. They just posted today at betonline.ag. Uh, odds for win totals awards stats leaders all of that good stuff they also cover awards tv shows and reality tv real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the new scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up just head to betonline.ag today and use the promo code Lockdown to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that means if you put in 100 bucks you get 150 bucks to play with right off the bat that's a great deal betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts
2: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Katie, before we dive into a couple more mailbag questions, just a reminder, you can listen to Locked On today every single day on your favorite podcast provider, Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, running through the biggest stories in sports every single morning to get you geared up for the day. Highly recommend to tune in 20 minutes. It is a great way to start the day. Okay, Katie, a couple more mailbag cues came in. Also, yeah. I just
3: want to point out this is just a so, breaking news. Um, uh-huh. just posted a moment of people like <laughs> a People magazine. He's like browsing a People magazine, and you look at the cover and it's like, what is the queen really thinking? And it's the literal <laughs> queen. And then you're like, oh, this is cool. What's he? <laughs> he's interested in the monarchy, but then he opens it to a, the fold and, uh, there's a story on him, which is funny, and great.
1: Honorary, honorary mailbag question from DeAndre Bembry himself. What is the Queen thinking? Uh, I, I am old. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's She's do like on.
3: God. I gotta hang on. I can't <laughs> let Charles take this shit I gotta, over.
1: I gotta beat Philip. Uh, yeah. Anyway, next up. Uh, this one comes from Eric Morris at Epic Moppus. He asks, Have you changed your mind from the beginning of the season on any of the new uniforms now that we've seen them in game action? Obviously, the new Raptors set, but also interested in your thoughts on others around the NBA as well. Let's start with the Raptors ones, Katie. Uh I can't recall if we talked about the jerseys. I feel like we did at some point. Um how are you yeah, uh, we did. acclimatizing to the new look? Are you enjoying it more than you were when they first were released? Uh less? What are you thinking?
3: They look good on their on them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think this is what a lot of people accurately had predicted. They were like, I bet they look good on basketball players yeah, yeah. Uh, and they do they look wonderful on them they're punchy they're a little bit different i feel like a lot of jerseys kind of like with the exception of a couple um just of like the special city editions they all sort of look the same this year mm-hmm. uh and the raptors stand out i'm glad they have the red the bold red back i think it's the same living red that you and i loved from the other like chevron yes
1: jerseys the one they won the championship um, in it,
3: yeah, it looks the same to me, but I don't have, like, the pantones to compare side by side. Um, the white ones, like, I could, you know, give or take. I'm not stoked on... Actually, you know what? They're all kind of fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> that's my stance.
1: I, um... That's, that's fine. Uh, I like the red ones a lot. I think they look really good. I think they're punchy, like you said, on the court. I think the black ones, I liked them not on people and I think they look freaking excellent in, in practice I know some people think they look like the mid-90s Bulls black jerseys uh, I don't care they look awesome and if you don't like those jerseys I really really question your taste um, they they look fantastic and boy they just pop especially when they're up against a team that's wearing another colored jersey I think it's uh, always a really aesthetically mm-hmm. pleasing thing going on The white ones, I could take or leave. I think they look a little bit bland, um, sort of like practice jerseys at times if you look at the wrong angle, Uh, but I'm not like offended by them or anything like that. White jerseys are always tough. They're always kind of the most boring regardless. Um, But yeah, I think the red and the black look excellent. I'm looking forward to seeing the purple ones as well, which we have yet to see, and I'm not sure when we're going to see them, but uh, they look quite good to me. Um... And uh, in terms of other ones around the league, Katie, I don't know about you, but this really feels like the year where they've run out of ideas for city jerseys and have kind of jumped the shark. And I know they're going to continue to make them every year because money, but I mm-hmm. am very much done with, okay, let's let's get the sixth most relevant thing about this city and somehow infuse it into a jersey. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's getting pretty rough out there, Katie.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, like which ones I like the best. The Suns the Valley Boys ones, those are city edition, right? Technically. Yes,
1: those are really good.
3: Yeah, those may be my favorite. I don't hate the Miami ones. I think San Antonio's are okay too. Um that might be it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um The
3: Bucks ones are weird. What the hell is that? Yeah.
1: Well, I wanted to bring up the Bucks ones from last week when <laughs> the Raptors played them. Like, I guess they're trying to infuse the color of the lake into the like is that what the the deal is? It's like, Maybe. Okay, we get it. Water is blue. You are the Bucks, you're green. What are you doing? Uh it's really ugly and they look like the Cavs <laughs> or they look like any number of teams that they're kind of That's another element of this jersey thing is so many of them are blue. They remind me of the late 2000s when like 19 teams had blue jerseys, like you like the Bobcats mm. were blue for some reason, and a bunch of teams had adopted it. And it's just like you know what? There are other colors, guys. You can uh, you can mix it up a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think we're at the risk of kind of devolving back into that. So um, yeah, maybe I
3: don't like Chicago's. Mm. They're too great Gatsby for me. Right, right. Um, the New Orleans ones are just kind of like a France like national team jersey to me. And um what was the other one? Oh, I like Charlotte's just cuz I like that they say Buzz City.
2: <laughs> but
3: oh, probably the worst ones are the Nets because though they're supposed to be like the basket jersey, they look like an hmm. early Microsoft um they look like an early like Microsoft software launch.
1: Do yeah, you? yeah. Uh that's the so there, there's this sort of sentiment that those jerseys are good because they're Basquiat-themed. Uh, you can have a cool idea for what the jersey's concept is and also totally botch the execution. Just because the idea is good doesn't inherently make the jersey good. Uh, and I've had this argument with a few people where it's like, it's Basquiat! I'm like, yeah, have you looked at the jersey? It looks like a child drew it on a piece of paper and they superimposed it onto a jersey. Um, I've apparently very strong opinions on this Katie I guess that shouldn't surprise anybody who listens to this podcast <clears throat> um, let's continue on couple more questions this one comes from Craig Edmonds he asks a, a t- uh, sort of a two tweet long question all right yes uh, preseason he believed the Raptors had a ceiling of a first round exit only four teams can make the second round there's a clear-cut top six maybe seven blah 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 uh did you believe this to be accurate preseason? A? b if so do you still believe this and c who can the raptors add via buyout or trade to make them more of an east contender let's address a and b first katie kind of talked about this a little bit with vivek on the monday podcast breaking down the sixers game but based on your expectations where were you preseason, and where are you now as i guess the best way to sort of condense this question down
3: um before the season started i had Much higher hopes. I sort of saw them coming back. Like, right away, I saw them coming back top four. Though now they're fifth, so that's not so bad. Like, they're climbing their way back up, but I just thought they'd get a little bit more of a head start and maybe some more cushion than what they have now. Um, Granted, the East is still pretty open. Yeah. I think the Sixers are going to continue to roll with it. I think so, like the Nets are too, but... The Bucks and the Pacers, the Raptors have a good chance at catching up to them. Uh in a postseason situation, I could see them making it to the semifinals if like seeding kind of goes their way. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's kind of the the end of my current runway.
1: Right. So last year, or sorry, going into the season, I thought they were basically Similar to last year where I thought their ceiling was very noble second round exit to a good team, maybe a conference finals if things break right. Um, And I kind of haven't really changed where I stand on that. Obviously, there were depths where I thought, "Uh oh, my expectations were far too high. But the way they've kind of recovered here, the way their numbers suggest, they are a very, very good team. Um, you know, they're almost at a plus three net rating on the season now. They're tied with the Sixers in net rating and uh, point differentials, so that's really encouraging. And with the way they're playing small, and also with, as we talked about on Monday too, like the way Fred and Siakam's growth have very much come in areas that are going to be conducive to playoff success in terms of playmaking, mid-range shooting, things like that. I kind of think their ceiling is conference finals. And I I probably would have said that before the season as well. Like, they have to get fortuitous with their seating and in the teams they come across. But if things break right, I think they could make it to a conference finals and get swept by the Nets. Um, But, like, I I think they can... The Sixers would be a tough go. Like beating MB four to seven would be difficult, and you'd have to replicate what you did yesterday, pretty much to a T. And it's doable for sure. I think the coaching uh, would be uh, an advantage for the Raptors there too. Nurse seems to have a good finger on the pulse of how to attack the Sixers, um, and you hope that Ben Simmons becomes a pumpkin late in games. Uh, the Bucks, I think it's clear the Raptors could beat them in a series, kind of doing what the Heat did last year, where it's just like uh, you know we kind of junk it up and our matchup. Advantages are just so obvious that you can't overcome them and your inability to change is going to sewer you if you're Milwaukee. Uh, Boston, I think, like if they played another series, I feel like it would go identical to the way it did last year in terms of it being close and low scoring and mean and probably going seven games. The Pacers, I think they would beat. And everyone else in the East, I think they would beat like pretty easily. So yeah, I think matchups kind of being fortuitous, Conference finals is certainly in the cards, especially as they continue to go and kind of round into form here. And then in terms of upgrades, yeah, I think this kind of goes to a couple questions about big men and whatnot. Should they just abandon the search for big men? I'm kind of, as we talked about yesterday, too, like, OK with them not making moves at this point. The way they've reorganized their rotation and leaned into playing small kind of makes the holes a lot less obvious. Where are you at on players that you would like to see them add to potentially upgrade the team?
3: Yeah, I'm not there. Um, I think like the small ball has been like a bit of a revelation for them. Obviously, it's working, but I also don't think it's sustainable. I mm. think if you get into a long slog with even like with the Sixers, like you wouldn't be able to keep that up against Embiid for six games, for five games, yeah. you know, like maybe even for four games, like you just wouldn't. So, I think they're still. It's just like they're the way that they're playing now is by necessity, right? Like when you basically have your supposed starting center coming in (laughs) off the bench just because he's not useful enough to play like in the starting lineup basically you don't get anything back from him Mm -hmm. then i think that's still a pretty big problem uh so i'd still like to see them add some size whether that's like a true big um some kind of stretch like you know (laughs) player they can get i I just think it's it's not and it's also like I get it the options aren't that great and I wouldn't want to see them make some kind of like long-term investment on somebody like Andre Drummond who I would hope would be more of like a fixer you know like a, a band-aid for for the right now but mm. that isn't really what a trade like that could look like so I don't pretend to know I just hope miraculously like maybe a bank <laughs> just, just appears um, yeah, on the market available because that's it's just like to me it's They'll, they're gonna get so tired and they're gonna get so beat up and like chopped up around the basket and sure. like you've seen the way that that can rattle Siakam with his finishing like you've seen the way that that can just physically hurt OG oh, like god I don't want him to lose any more contact lenses though I think he's got <laughs> a real stash but and like Boucher I like that Boucher is so freed up now to kind of like run around and do his explosive things elsewhere like I don't want him to play at the five consistently I don't think that's where he's best suited so to me I'm still skeptical like I love what is happening but I think it like you know playing that small and that quick is just gonna run you ragged at some point
1: yes I I agree um, to an extent I, I, I think specific matchups certainly it's gonna be a problem and I think most notably the the Sixers are the one but if you look at the other teams in the East that they might come across outside of maybe the Pacers just because they play the two bigs but they're like kind of not super mobile and Sabonis at the four is kind of a, a messy defensive fit like, I really don't see many teams where you can't get away with playing small in a playoff series. I think that would be their default anyway against Boston, against uh, the Yeah, Nets. but the
3: West is huge, yeah. so this is the thing. I know the East is, like, is a bit fickle right now in terms of size. Like, you didn't see this huge size up that you did see in the West Western Conference. But, you know, if the Heat figure it—like, the Heat, I'm very surprised at. But if they figure it out, which they still do have time for— that's a big team that are gonna give the Raptors some trouble. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like there still are teams that, the, like even the Pistons. Like I know they're dead last, but like they're very <laughs> big. Um, so these aren't obviously playoff situations, but if it, if it's gonna come down to record and seeding and and stuff like that, like toward the end of the season, um, then I don't know. Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to add something.
1: Yeah, that's a well taken point. I think you need for a playable, me, I'm less. I guess
3: I'm, like, a traditionalist, but, like, I feel like you need a playable center.
1: (laughs) Sure. I think Baines is proving that he can be playable in a reserve role. Um, And I think him and Boucher together, you'd make a really good point. that it's just it makes sense for both of them and kind of allows them to do the thing they're supposed to do. Um, And for me, I think, like, the upgrades I'd like to see are another center, maybe not even at the expense of trading Baines, like, to add two Baines, just so you have more... Insurance Mm -hmm. if Baines is bad. I think like a Kem Birch, for example, would be a really nice little addition. Just extra dude. Also like an extra six fouls to throw at Joel Embiid, honestly, um, to be kind of blunt about it. Just like another body to um, just like who can match Embiid at least sort of for size. Um, So there's that. And I also think like an extra ball handler would be a nice little thing too. So there's not so much burden put on Fred and Kyle and Norm. Bembry's helping with that, but an extra sort of third-ish point guard, and that could be Malachi Flynn or whatever. I made this point yesterday. I didn't feel like I'm repeating myself, but either way, uh, maybe you didn't listen yesterday. That's fine, too. Um, but yeah, I'm less of the need to go go get a really good center. Go get someone who's fine and have him and Baines kind of play center by committee when you need them is kind of where I'm at. But and It's good. It's a, it's a nice place to be, not being in desperate dire straits to get an addition. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's far better than the trade machine poison that I was uh, just sort of diving into every single day over the uh, earlier part of the season. Katie, thank you so much for jumping on today's podcast. That's going to do it for today. It was lovely catching up with you. Do you have anything that you would like to promote?
3: Um, I'm gonna have something coming out about the Bucks. Interesting enough. Uh, so you can look for that on that'll be on basketball news probably tomorrow. Oh. And please send me more questions for my advice column on Dime called Not Bad Advice because I need some. So you can email them to annlandryfields at gmail.com. That's A-N-N, not Ann with an E. -E A-N-N-L-A-N-D-R-Y-F-I-E-L-D-S at gmail.com.
1: Sounds good. Thanks so much, Katie. Go read all of Katie's wonderful work. It's the very, very best. You can find me at Woodley Shawnee. You can subscribe to rate review wherever you get your podcast. It's always very appreciated when you support the show. Go listen to Locked On Leafs with our pal Mike DiStefano, who is outstanding, covering that very, very good hockey team. Uh, And uh, go check out Locked On Blue Jays as well, as the Blue Jays are now in camp. There's press conferences every day. We're getting excited about Thomas Hatch being a starter or something. Uh, AJ Andrews has you covered over there on the MLB side. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday with a Sixers recap edition of Locked On Raptors.